Speaking of Travel is brought to you by the Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Appalachian Realty, a unique and independent agency helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Visit them at appalachianrealty.com. Prestige Subaru, outfitting Western North Carolina for adventure with the 2019 Crosstrek. Find out how to make it yours at PrestigeSubaru.com. The Surrey County Wine Trail, featuring 16 wineries in the heart of North Carolina's Yadkin Valley Wine Country. Receive a free guide at YadkinValleyNC.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio's 570 WWNC. Now, you be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net, and you can sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club and receive the latest travel news and travel tips. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world to this episode or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Well, I've got a couple of house cleaning things, if you will, because we are so excited. It is time again to register to win a pair of four-day tickets to Merlefest 2019. All you have to do is go to the www.nc.com website, and you have a chance to win. That's a four-day ticket for two. So find out more, go to the WWNC.com website, enter to win. And if you want to find out more about Merlefest, which is just the most fabulous festival, all you have to do is go to Merlefest.org. But wait, there's more. You can also win two tickets to the Songsmith Gathering, which is at the Brevard Music Center right here in Brevard, North Carolina on May 18th. Now, get this, David Crosby and friends. I mean, I'm a big fan of David Crosby, and I am really looking forward to this. All you have to do is visit speakingoftravel.net, and right there on the homepage is a banner. Click on it, and you can enter to win two free tickets. It's going to be a blast on May 18th. Well, you know, when I travel, I love to take pictures, From the time I was about eight years old, when my dad bought me a little brownie camera, which, by the way, I still have, I've just always felt totally comfortable behind the lens of a camera. But, you know, I always wonder, when do you really capture the essence of the places you visit? And am I telling a story, evoking emotion? Are my photos really representing my experience when I travel? Well, my guest today is Bruce T. Martin. He's an American fine art photographer who uses photography to document the world and explore perceptions and question viewpoints. I would say Bruce's photography really, truly represents his experience, and I am so excited to talk to him and welcome him to the show today. Bruce, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel today. 
Hi, Marilyn. Uh, yes, thank you for inviting me. I look forward to uh, our conversation today. Well, Bruce, I've done a lot of research about your photography because when I first found out what you were doing with this series that we're going to be talking about uh, with the Mayans, I was mesmerized. You know, what I was saying in the uh, in the beginning of being, I love to take pictures when I travel and, and feel that over the years I've been able to uh, get closer to the experiences, but you really do. Give me some idea of, of your background and how, how photography came into your life. Well, um, it started uh, back uh, in when I was, uh, went to Syracuse University. Um, I kind of got interested in um, photographing buildings. And uh, I found that I was interested mostly in photographing older buildings. And I was fortunate enough, um, after leaving uh, Syracuse, to get a job in upstate New York, Chautauqua County, as what they call a historic preservation photographer. A historic preservation photographer is a person who uh, documents uh, buildings uh, in a very planned, organized way and researches the buildings so that they can either be saved in a visual way or to be put on, like, the National Register to protect them. As in, in Asheville, North Carolina, where you live there, I imagine you have a number of buildings on that register. And there's, there's tax consequences, and there's all sorts of kind of aspects to it. But the basic idea is to somehow preserve the, the buildings, you know, for posterity, again, as a visual way, or uh, to protect them from further development. So with that in mind, I became interested in older and older structures, and kind of at the same time, I became interested in pyramids, and I, I wanted to go to Egypt, but I didn't have the resources uh, to get there, and someone said, well, why don't you just go to Mexico? So uh, I went down to uh, the Yucatan in 1987 uh, with a good friend of mine who helped me with my equipment, and um, I just started photographing uh, the different ruins. Now there's there's thousands of ruins in Central America. Uh, they're all over the place. But I started by going to kind of the well-known ones like Chichen Itza, uh, Ushmal, Tulum, which are all in the kind of the northern Yucatan area, and uh, photographed them with a large format camera. That would be a camera that has like a, a dark cloth and you kind of look through a viewfinder in the back and you have a tripod. And I would have to gain permission to photograph on the sites. At the same time as I was uh, working on that, I started researching it and learning about uh, the culture and the people and the history of the land. And um, through that, I became just kind of caught in, caught up in it. It's it's kind of, for us in North America, a lot of people don't really think too much uh, about that area. But if you kind of step into that world, there's a lot of research on the Maya, particularly because... Um, they're a, uh, they were a civilization, but they were a civilization in rainforest. And there's only one other one, and that's in um, uh, Thailand and Cambodia, the Angkor Wat. So by being a civilization, uh, they had uh, the concept of zero. Uh, they had a written language. Uh, they had uh, what's called uh, an arch. And uh, they fall under um, that... They qualify for that. So they were a really interesting culture, but they were a stone culture. They didn't have metal tools um, or some of the things that you would think that you would need to survive in those areas. So over over time, um, I kept going back uh, from 
to Mexico, to Guatemala, to Honduras, to Belize, uh, southern Mexico, and just been photographing these ruins. And at the same time, I kind of got caught up in uh, uh, the people. And so I've been doing portraits of people there. I photograph uh, rituals and events and celebrations. Uh, I photographed uh, the missions, the churches, uh, both the interiors and exteriors. And again, some of these areas you can't, you, you can't really, um, they don't want, you, don't have, you can't get permission to do it. So that becomes part of, too, the, the conversation is to learn uh, how you know, to, to go through the, the channels to be able to secure that permission and that way you meet local people and you become kind of involved uh, in their, their world and their politics, which at this time, um, I mean, the Mayas are basically a people that are kind of renters in the land that they used to own. Uh, they are taken advantage of in a lot of different ways. Uh, economically, like the Yucatan is starting to do quite well these days because of tourism. Um, but in, like, Guatemala, they're extremely poor um, and uneducated and uh, are taken advantage of by the system. So you can't help but, if you go down there, you can't help experience it's just an overwhelming culture. And you've been continually going down there since 1987? Yes, yes. I've probably made, I don't know, 20 trips or so, uh, some longer than others, uh, I don't go down as much as I used to. Uh, my most recent one was uh, two years ago uh, to complete uh, this latest kind of uh, aspect of it. I call it uh, Seeking Sacred Landscapes. And I photographed um, that one is basically really in the Yucatan area. And that's uh, really, I started going into the caves with uh, lights, uh, handheld lights that is, uh, and uh, so, in other words, if you turn off my light, it's pitch black, and kind of photographing the sculptures uh, that you know nature has created uh, inside these huge caverns. Uh, and so, I needed uh, on this last trip, I needed to grab a couple what I thought uh, would be important images to tell the story of um, how these caverns not only um, connect to uh, us in today's world as kind of uh, environmental canaries, really, about if they get damaged and get destroyed, it's kind of a sign that the, the earth in that area, you know, is, is under stress. Right. But they're also connect to the Maya uh, culture and history. The, the Maya themselves, their people, they, um, they believe that, that uh, corn was found in a cave. Um, and they have what they're called the Hero Twins. Well, hold that thought, Bruce. Hold that thought, because it's time for our break. When we come back, let's pick up right there, because I want to find out more and find out more about your, your book, Look Close, See Far. So hold on. We'll be back after this break. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Airports and airplanes are filled with busy travelers, especially this time of year. And this is also a time of year when nasty bugs are traveling with us. 
air travel is at an all-time high, and there is often little time in between flights to prepare the inside of the airplanes for the next group of travelers. So come prepared. Bring a travel-sized packet of disinfecting wipes with you and take a moment to wipe down the tray table, safety card, overhead light and air controls, and any other surface you will be touching. A travel-sized container of hand sanitizer is also advisable. By keeping your hands clean, you reduce your risk of contracting an unwanted illness during your travels. Thanks for listening. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Whether you're looking for a downtown Asheville loft, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way, and for the way we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Asheville. And welcome to Subieville. You've heard of North Carolina's Yadkin Valley Wine Country. Now it's time to see it for yourself. The Surrey County Wine Trail features 16 wineries in the heart of Yadkin Valley. And a free trail map is available at yadkinvalleync.com. Experience scenic vineyards and great wines in the Blue Ridge foothills. Surrey is also home to four rivers with 100 miles for paddling. You can request a four rivers map in addition to a wine trail map at yadkinvalleync.com. That's Y-A-D-K-I-N Valley nc.com fly me to the moon let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on welcome back to speaking of travel i'm your host marilyn ball and i'm excited to have uh bruce t martin and he is an american fine art photographer bruce i am so excited to have you and really Loving hearing about uh, your experience in Central America, and I want to pick up where we left off after the break. You were talking about the Maya people and this long history that they've had uh, there in the Yucatan. Tell us a little bit more about what it was like for you to, uh, over all these years, become uh, so personable with with the people there. Well, it's been a great experience. Uh, one of the things I think that I find that I have learned the most, really, I mean, I've learned a lot about uh, the Maya and their culture, but you also, by learning another culture and traveling, I think you get kind of um, another set of points of view that you can compare to your own personal experiences. So you actually kind of learn more about yourself and your your country and our culture because you can compare and the things that we always think and believe and other cultures think and believe slightly different, you can kind of see that there's, there's a greater way of looking at things, a, a broader viewpoint. And so that's one of the things I've appreciated most about traveling uh, down there and, and other places that I've been to, the, that you have um, kind of a source of comparison. 
Well, one of the areas that I know are reflected so deeply into your into your photos, uh, and I want to talk about your book of photos, is the the erosion of uh, the Maya worldview and their harmony in life, and how this is such a daily struggle. Let's talk a little bit about that because it must be very. Uh, sensitive to be in an environment where you know that there are so many uh, variables uh, in relation to their to their culture and how it's been for all these years. Right. Well, the technology, for instance, take um, televisions. When I first started going down there, uh, you used to, if you were driving, again, they'd be very beat up. Dirt roads, uh, you know, traveling throughout that area has changed a lot. As the roads get better, uh, you see uh, modernization happening on a faster pace. But back in the beginning, uh, I mean, I used to go to a town, and they would, I I didn't speak very good Spanish, and probably still don't really, but um, they didn't speak. They spoke still the Maya dialect. Uh, more than they spoke Spanish. Now, the Maya dialect is is kind of disappearing, especially with the younger kids, um, and they're speaking uh, more uh, Spanish, but Maya maybe a little bit to their family members. But they, um, you would drive down through a town, and you would see if one person had a television, there'd be a whole group of people kind of around them, and you could see the light coming out from uh, that television kind of onto their faces. I just kind of experienced, I remember. So I think what, what, I mean, that brought in all these other ideas and influences that they didn't realize what their world was like compared to what they were seeing on television. And they started, uh, it was a slow process, but now if you go down there, I mean, mo- most of them, especially, again, when I'm, there are each of our different areas, like, Yucatan's doing much better than, let's say, in Guatemala, where there's still um, the aftermath of a civil war where uh, the economy's uh, not doing well and uh, police, I wouldn't call it, I'm not sure if it's brutality, but uh, the, the Maya are really second-class citizens, and they have to really kind of walk the line. They do. There's all sorts of things that, uh, the governments have done, particularly, let's say, in Guatemala, where uh, if you're uh, a community, your farmland might be two communities away, so you have to go through another community. So it creates all this tension between the different Maya uh, communities versus the tension that maybe should be placed against the government in general that set up the system. In the Yucatan, it's not... They have a similar situation in terms of the farmland. But, again, with the tourism and the people coming in, and there's, like, uh, huge, uh, like, orange uh, groves and orchards, and uh, they they have different um, manufacturing that's starting to come into the area. So it's kind of uh, with the resources. Again, in the uh, late 1880s, 90s, the area was once again very wealthy then, and that was because of uh, Hennequin uh, production. So one of the things you can see now still is if you're driving around, 
um, are these old deteriorating uh, fincas, and they were uh, processing buildings for this Hennekin plant that uh, was used to make uh, rope and twine, like twine around bales of hay and rope that was used for uh, naval ships. So it brought an incredible amount of wealth into this area. And that's another reason why you see these beautiful old buildings that have been deteriorated uh, now because Hennekin is no longer an important uh, material to grow uh, since synthetic ropes and things like that have come in. So that's another thing for, as a photographer, um, you're always looking for things that, like visual cross-sections of time where you can see a, a newer structure against a deteriorating structure. I mean, one of the things that I've tried to do is it might be the same photograph, but the reason why I have come to try and um, capture, collaborate with the subject matter is to to gather the experience of the subject as much as the the visual appearance of the structure. Well, you've Uh, done a beautiful job with that. Let's talk a little bit about your book, because through all these years and all these amazing photographs, you've put together a beautiful collection of these images and ideas uh, that you gathered while traveling through that region. Uh, first, tell us where uh, your website is so people can take a look. Sure. Um, my website is uh, com. so my full name with my middle initial. And if they go into projects, uh, they will see uh, a variety of uh, different uh, portfolios on the Maya. I mean, they'll also see other other projects. Uh, I mean, the, I'm also still today uh, an architectural photographer and photograph um, throughout the country um, buildings for architects and developers and um, uh, magazines. So that that's really where uh, I spend also a lot of my time. But in some ways it's very similar. It's just the subject matter is different. And uh, as Ansel Adams said, you you play while you work and work while you play, and the, the two kind of complement each other. The The book itself, I was fortunate enough in uh, 2007 to um, work with George Brazilier out of New York City, who is a, a well-known um, publisher of books, uh, poetry books, uh, critical thinking books, uh, literature uh it was just a great experience. He has since passed away. George Brazilier or Brazilier Publishing is still still around, and they do they do great fine art uh, publications. So, anyhow, Mr. Brazilier, uh, George Brazilier was very interested in my work, and he, we decided we would collaborate. So, the book that I did, Look Close, See Far. The first of all, the title is kind of based on an idea that um, the philosopher uh, Spinoza. Uh, he was uh, in Amsterdam. I had studied in Amsterdam when I was uh, in college, and I kind of came across him. And one of his ideas was that if you look closely and really understand a small aspect of a situation, you can apply that knowledge to understand the whole situation, which is a perfect thing for photography because 
uh, I really enjoy taking small kind of details of of subject matter and then kind of sequence them together so it's almost uh, like a literary approach. Well, hold that thought. Hold that thought, Bruce, because it's time for uh, a commercial break here. But when we come back, let's pick up right there because I love this approach and want to talk deeper about it. So, Bruce, thank you so much. We'll be back after the break. If you're looking for a home in Asheville and Western North Carolina, Appalachian Realty Associates is a refreshing alternative to the big box franchise companies, and they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Appalachian Realty, a guiding force in the Asheville real estate market since 1979. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown Asheville. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru, on the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Your friends keep talking about the Yadkin Valley. It's time to see for yourself. Now is the perfect time to visit North Carolina wine country. Spend a few days touring vineyards, enjoying gourmet meals, hiking the state parks, shopping, or relaxing. Surrey County is located in the heart of Yadkin Valley and showcases 16 wineries on the Surrey County Wine Trail. Many of the wineries offer cozy lodging in cabins and cottages. Make plans now at Yadkin Valley NC. That's Y-A-D-K-I-N Valley NC.com. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine features some of the region's most interesting travel destinations and rider profiles. In the coming up spring issue, follow the route of DeSoto's trek across the whole Blue Ridge and read about several women riders enjoying life on two wheels. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on we're back at the top of the third with our traveling buddy right now doc lawrence as he takes us along the gourmet highway and you know what doc's headed to a place that i really want to check out hot springs arkansas Knowing Doc, he's probably taking mineral baths and eating well and maybe even getting into some gambling. You know, Doc, he's up to some wide-open fun. Marilyn, I have a riddle for you and all the listeners throughout the planet. Where can you go to the races, place a wager on the ninth race, pocket a little spending change, take a steam bath, and then go meet a former U.S. president for dinner in his own hometown. Hot Springs, Arkansas. There's only one Bill Clinton. There's only one Hot Springs. There's only one Arkansas. And there's no city, I wager, in the country that can touch this place for history, for folklore, and fun. This is a city deep in the mountains of Arkansas, and it's not near anything that I can tell, but it's easier now to get to. It's long been noted for a little naughtiness, but who really cares about that? 
a haven for movie stars, celebrity athletes, even an occasional gangster like old Al Capone. And this is the hometown of Bill Clinton. Bathhouse Row here is world-famous, Maryland. The reason is that this city got its name because there are hundreds of fissures in the earth with real steam salted with minerals oozing upward, and they heal you. Well, you know, they tell me that the steam here is not only good for your skin to hydrate you and to cleanse you, but it's mighty powerful to get rid of an old hangover, and that appeals to Doc big time. The old Art Deco hotels here in Maryland equal those of Miami Beach. They are masterpieces of architecture. There's eight of them, all of the National Historic Register, of course. I always stay here at the Arlington. The Arlington is world famous. It's where Al Capone stayed, and I've got his suite while I'm here. Not because I'm a fan necessarily, I didn't know him, but it's because the digs are opulent, and it's fun. The Arlington also has one of the great bars in North America, and the dance floor and bandstand at one time were home to Duke Ellington, Count Basie, Stan Kenton, and heaven knows how many others. Hot Springs, Maryland is loaded with baseball lore. Did you know spring training actually began right here? Not in South Florida or Arizona. Here, you can feel the ghost of Jackie Robinson and Honus Wagner and Babe Ruth. They tell me that the longest home run ever hit on earth was by Babe Ruth when he was playing for the Yankees, and it was measured at 573 feet, and there's a plaque there today commemorating it. Maryland, when America was under the rule of mindless prohibition, Hot Springs ignored all this foolishness, and you could come here, and a couple could enjoy cocktails, and nobody cared. That same live-and-let-live attitude dominates today, and it's part of the real charm of this place. I love to go to thoroughbred horse races. And again, you're not going to go to a better track anywhere in the country except Louisville than Oak Lawn Park right here in Hot Springs. Since 1904, this track has hosted some of the great races of all time. And Marilyn, I'm going to let you in on a secret. I'm going tonight and I've got a $100 bet on Doc's Darling, a three-year-old in the ninth race and we're going to win that thing. I've got some inside information. I'll split it with you. Maybe I'll, as a gentleman, I'll just give it to you. I'd feel better that way. Again, I'm staying in the Arlington in Maryland. I'm going to have dinner tonight in the clubhouse in Oaklawn Park. And who knows? Maybe I'll run into Bill Clinton or another native son, Billy Bob Thornton. But I'm going to have a good time in this wonderful place. For now, this is Doc Lawrence on the Gourmet Highway for Maryland Ball, and speaking of travel, here in exciting, lovely Hot Springs, Arkansas, saying so long, and I hope to see you soon in your hometown. Really, Doc, you do know how to have the best times ever. Well, till next week, you keep having fun, my friend. And remember, you can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. Well, I'm talking today to Bruce T. Martin. He's a photographer. Bruce, tell us where we're talking to you. You're in outside of Boston? Yes. Um, my studio is in uh, Natick, Mass., which is about 15 miles 
west of uh, Boston. Uh, so I've been here for a number of years, and my studio used to be in Cambridge. And it's a perfect location because it's kind of central because I, I travel a lot for work, I mean, in the area, but so I don't have to deal sometimes to get through Boston traffic to get to where I want to go. Gotcha. So before we took the break, we were talking about your website and, and some of the um, – uh, series that you've done. Tell us again, uh, your website is just Bruce T. Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N.com? Yes. And there is where you can find your, uh, well, I would even call them exhibits of your work because, as you were saying, you've got your your Maya work, but you've got so many other areas, uh, not just even the the architecture. You've got other people and places right right i've um well i have a few different ones uh, mostly the in the project areas they're they're on uh the maya uh and i've broken it up into different uh groups one is for look closely far and the book is still actually available on amazon.com um and um so it's, it's still having we still have copies here if people want to contact me directly but um so from there, I have a, a, a one portfolio of exhibit uh, of my different exhibits. Another portfolio is of the book Look Closely Fire, uh, and then some of the newer ones are about um, like recently the one on seeking sacred landscapes is in there, uh, and then about I have a whole segment just on the churches or the mis- missions themselves, and I have little essays that kind of give them context. I have one on the haciendas that talk about the Hennequin. I have one on, um, for instance, one of the things that I photographed uh, recently in the last few years was a passion play in a town just west of of Merida that is where the local community uh, dresses up with all the actors from the passion play. And people come from all around to watch it, and it's like a day-long event where they have the trial, and then um, Christ is dragged through the streets, and they end up um, putting him on a cross along with the uh, the two thieves. And what's interesting, too, about it is behind the crosses, the crosses are on a courtyard right next to the main um, church of that community, but behind it is um, uh, pyramids, Maya pyramids, that uh, where they have the soldiers dressed up like um, Roman centurions kind of standing guard, and they also put pine trees on on the uh, pyramid because that is, goes back to symbolism uh, and rituals that the Maya have been doing for years, uh, and it kind of connects it. So the, the, basically one of the things that um, sociologists and historians uh, have felt that the Maya have really kind of taken uh, the Catholic religion, and, and it's been kind of maybe a veneer to hold on to some of their traditional uh, beliefs and uh, thoughts. So, uh, and they can actually correspond, uh, like uh, the Virgin Mary relates to the moon, and the Hero Twins relate to the sun and the moon. There's a lot of overlapping, and different communities specialize in different rituals, uh, and they have rituals which, again, relate to both the Catholic religion but also to um, trying to bring rain. 
Well, hold that thought right there. Hold the rain thought. Bruce, when we come back, let's pick up right there. I want to talk more about the spirituality and the rituals and these lovely churches you were talking about. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be right back. Whether you're looking for a downtown Asheville loft, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. You've heard of North Carolina's Yadkin Valley Wine Country. Now it's time to see it for yourself. The Surrey County Wine Trail features 16 wineries in the heart of Yadkin Valley. And a free trail map is available at yadkinvalleync.com. Experience scenic vineyards and great wines in the Blue Ridge foothills. Surrey is also home to four rivers with 100 miles for paddling. You can request a four rivers map in addition to a wine trail map at yadkinvalleync.com. That's Y-A-D-K-I-N Valley. NC.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. You're, we're here talking with uh, Bruce T. Martin. He is a, a fine art photographer. Bruce, I want to get right back into our conversation about. Uh, you you just have such a vast um, array of t- subject matters, and uh, and I love this uh, sense of really being able to capture the essence of the cultures where you are visiting, and even speaking of that uh, around the buildings, the historic preservation buildings, and and work that you do. You were talking earlier about the way your book came to be titled Look Close, See Far and that concept. And you were talking about the churches and, and even the um the rituals and the cultures of of the people. How tell me a little bit about how that has rubbed off on you and and how you live your life. Well, um I think I don't know it's it's a kind of changed my life in ways that, you know, it just, I've absorbed it and become, it's kind of become, you know, internal. I don't really think about it particularly each day. I do 
do is keep, I continue to research and learn more about the Maya, um, and I try to think about, uh, you know, other people's viewpoints. Uh, I mean, the thing is, too, with the Maya, they're, we're really the same. We're all, you know, we have faults and they have faults. I mean, it's not, they're not a perfect world, and obviously either are we. So you, you try and learn that, you know, to try and keep improving each day and, and trying to learn more about the world we live in. Uh, that when you were asking about, too, the, the book, too, with the, the, the book actually then, the, the concept became, I mean, I started with this idea of really photographing the ruins, but then I gradually, over time, the people, the culture, uh, I photographed, as I say, rituals, and I wanted to combine them into one kind of piece that kind of uh, cross-pollinated each other to, so people could get that more of that experience of being down there. And that's how I kind of, kind of webbed or weaved it together. Well, it's so beautiful. And when you go on your website, you really are able to uh, to see so many different textures and l- what you were saying earlier about looking closely and seeing far in these very intimate details of uh, of the culture and. So let I do want to talk just a little bit about your equipment. So when you go down there, you were talking earlier about your your original camera that you had, the big box camera. Is that still uh, your camera of choice? No. Um, the the last couple times I've gone down, um, I've stopped using. Um, it was a four by five field camera, uh, and I've. Like there was a time or two where I brought both a digital camera and the um, the field camera, but it, basically speaking, I have stopped using all traditional cameras and films and have gone um, completely over to a digital approach. And it works so much better in terms of like if I were photographing inside these caves and cenotes, um, I wouldn't be able to do them with my old. A traditional camera. I mean, I did do a few. Uh, I photographed them over the years, but they they had to be the conditions had to be very certain. Like I had to be have enough light to be able to do it. Now I can do them in very dark areas and kind of uh, hand uh, paint with um, small lights. Again, a lot of times you're crawling around in little spaces just to get to where you, the chamber you want to go. So you can't unless you're like National Geographic. Uh, uh, you can't bring in a lot of equipment. So there, it, my setup's very simple. So I use a tripod, and I use Canon cameras, um, the 5D-S, uh, and uh, with uh, what, a key thing to me, again, from the view camera days, uh, is uh, being able to move the lens up and down. They're called uh, tilt on the 35. And so with that, I, I use a tripod, and I set up my shot, and then I can turn the lens up and down uh, so I can get different aspects of the um, subject matter I'm photographing, but I don't, I can have less distortion. So it, it kind of is a, a closer way the way your eye sees things with it. So that's one of the approaches that I've kind of always taken um, from both my analog or traditional days to the digital days. So, again, if I'm photographing a subject, I, I use a tripod. Uh, again, 
in addition to that, for me, what's really important is uh, when I'm there in terms of the lighting, like uh, I, I kind of respond, because since you don't control, obviously, the weather, you kind of, what you're photographing or how you approach it, a lot depends on that kind of the quality of light that day. In the caves and cenotes, um, you, you photograph, uh, you bring in some light or you photograph near an entrance if that's getting enough light. Um, or sometimes they have little holes in the, 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 the top of the chamber which lets in some natural light and you get a very beautiful quality of um, like the light kind of coming in through the, the, the misty air. Uh, there, some of these caves and cenotes, um, I mean, they're so incredibly beautiful. You just, they're a different landscape, uh, different world. And as I was saying before, too, uh, the Maya creation stories, they come from the caves and cenotes. And I think a lot of our culture, uh, there's a kind of a built-in fear of that unknown in there. So you never really know when you go into a new one what you're going to see uh, or uh, what you're going to experience in there. It's just... It can be quite moving. Oh, it sounds wonderful. So what's what's on your plate moving forward? Well, right now um, I am working on trying to get more. I just had an exhibit of um, Seeking Sacred Landscapes, and that's uh, on the Caves and Cenotes, and I'm trying to arrange a few more exhibits. And I also do some other projects um, on Boston Cityscape. And then the other big one that I just kind of almost completed is one on the White Mountains in uh, New Hampshire, photographing the landscape in kind of, um, I call them fragmented landscapes, and you can see some of those galleries in my, on my website where I take a subject matter, and I use this approach also in Central America, where I photograph, instead of taking, um, let's say, the overall scene in one image, I take the overall scene in 20 images, and then I put those together, and they have overlap. So it kind of creates almost a visual melody of the landscape. And so I've been experimenting with that, and I think it kind of gives you, again, more of that experience of being there because it's the way your eye moves around, and the camera rotates a little bit to get the next panel, um, it changes the kind of perspective slightly, and it it's kind of really a, almost a, like a slow scan of um, of a subject matter. So I find it interesting, and I've been exploring that. That sounds wonderful. And we can go to your website. It's www.brucetmartin.com to really be able to uh, explore your world. And, Bruce, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. It's really been so informative and pleasurable and um and i look forward to having you on again so we can keep going there's so so much more we can talk about so thank you very much for your invitation and i i do want to say that uh thank all the people too that helped me make it possible to do the photography from my wife and family to uh some friends and assistants and uh studio managers that have um you know, it's been a team effort. Well, it always takes a village, right, Bruce? 
Exactly. Great. Well, thank you again, BruceTMartin.com. Be sure to go visit. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. I want you to go out this week and take your phone or your camera or just your eyeballs and be looking. Look closely so that you can see far. And remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 